Well, thank you very much for letting me speak here. It's actually very nice having had all those presentations before me because I can build on all the material that has been presented. And actually, I'm focusing on a rather narrow issue, a much narrower than the talks before me, and I will build upon what Robert Nichols has started to introduce um, the DIVA model that we have collaboratively built. So I'm focusing on the question, what are the effects of mitigation and adaptation on coastal impacts? So I'm not looking at different sea level, or I'm not trying to identify um, the sea level rise scenarios. I'm just using scenarios and then trying to think, what does mitigation do to sea level rise and how does that translate into impacts? Um, I also would like to acknowledge the co-authors. There are a couple of people from the image team, Mona Isaac and Detlef van Woren. Robert Nichols has been involved, as well as Richard Toll from our DIVA team. Just very briefly, Robert has already introduced the DIVA model. This is the one I'm using for this presentation in combination with the image model. Um, I'm only looking at three impact indicators. So the first one is the loss of wetland, and we have seen that before um, in Robert's presentation. The second indicator is um, the number of people flooded, which is actually the expected number of people that experience flooding at least once a year. Other people call this indicator people at risk. And then I'm looking at the total cost, so the sum of damage and adaptation cost. And damage cost includes the land loss due to coastal erosion, it includes the flood damage and the land damage by salinity intrusion into the lower reaches of rivers. Um, adaptation cost includes those two options that have been mentioned before, dike building and beach nourishment. <coughs> the scenarios we're looking at are actually new scenarios that have been developed in the context of the ADAM project by the image team and the specific focus was on low stabilization scenarios. With regards to sea level rise, um, the following three scenarios will be in my presentation. First, I've got well, what I call a two-degree scenario. Um, it's stabilization around 450 ppm. Then there is one scenario with a slightly higher stabilization at 550. This is included for reasons of showing the sensitivity. Um, to mitigation, and then um, there is a four-degree scenario um, that, well, leading to four degrees all compared to pre-industrial. Well, we are rather conservative in our um, estimates of sea level rise. Um, well, for, for the talk I'm giving, it doesn't really matter. What I want to show is the difference between mitigation. So the sea level rise here under the base scenario um, that leads to above 0.6 meters can be brought down by mitigation to around 0 0.4 uh, meters under the 550 scenario and a bit lower under the 450 scenario. The assumptions with regards to socioeconomic development, as Robert has stressed, it is very important since, um, well, socioeconomic development determines what is exposed to sea level rise in um, the coastal zone. Well, there we also, well, 
We did not use the SRES scenarios, we used new developments of the ADAM project. Roughly, we are um, around the UN medium fertility projections for the population increase, and the population will saturate around 9 billion and then um, declines a bit. Per capita impact grows um, exponentially. It's a bit lower than the A1 estimate. Then I'm using those two adaptation strategies similar to, to Robert's talk. So without adaptation, we get the classical potential impact kind of view of the world. With adaptations, we raise the dikes and we nurture the beaches and um, mind that no adaptation options are considered um, against the loss of wetlands and also against the salinity intrusion into lower reaches of the rivers. So I have split my talk into a global picture and then a national level, level picture. So let's first look at the global figures. This is basically exactly what Robert has shown before. This is the loss of wetlands. Here our scenarios, they're all around the 0 0.5 um, meter scenario that Robert has shown. So we lose by the end of the century about one third of the global wetlands. And you see, well, the effects of mitigation are actually rather small, of course, due to the delayed response of the ocean and because we're only looking into the 21st century. Sorry, the green line is the base one, the black line is the 450 ppm, so the two degree scenario. And above here, we've got um, a base or a reference a hypothetical scenario of a world where sea level would not rise, just for reasons of comparison. What you see here on the left-hand side is the situation without adaptation. On the right-hand side, you see the situation with adaptation. And as I said, since we do not include adaptation options, those two um, figures are identical. Now let's look at people flooded, and again, and this will remain through for the rest of my presentation, we've got the cases without adaptation on the left side, the cases with adaptation on the right side. So um, people flooded, mind now we are in lock space. So um, we have currently around, well, 50,000 people experience flooding once a year. This number goes up to around 200 um, um, million per year in the year 2100 under the base scenario and it can be brought down well roughly by 50% through mitigation. If we look at the case with adaptation we get a completely different picture. There we see that the number goes down actually to below a million um, under the um, well, assuming adaptation and um, we also see that the differences between the scenarios is rather small. So mitigation has rather little effect. Um, the total cost, so again, this is the sum of adaptation plus um, damage cost. Um, here, of course, on the left-hand side, it is only damage costs since those are the no adaptation cases. And um, what we see here, again, we've got rising costs up to around 200 billion US dollar per year in the year um, in the year 2100. On the right hand side we see that the costs only 
rise, well, only in parentheses, up to, well, 60 billion per year under the base scenario and, well, maybe 30 billion under um, the mitigation scenario. So they are roughly factor three to four lower than if we would assume that people would not adapt. Now, if we look at the cost relative to GDP, we get a different picture on the right-hand side. So here again, we've got the increasing relative costs going up to 0.1% of global GDP for the base scenario. If we look at the costs under the adaptation scenario, we've got falling costs. So the, costs, the total cost of sea level rise is actually falling um, with reference to the growing economy. The economy grows faster than the damages and the adaptation costs. So, um, and we see it drops down to around, well, 0.03% of global GDP um, by the end of the century. Now, this was the global perspective. Let's look at the perspective for the individual countries. And now I first must explain this figure. It's probably a bit difficult to read. Again, we've got the loss of wetlands, this time relative loss of wetlands. And we've got here on the vertical axis, oh, sorry, on the horizontal axis, we have the rank order of the countries. So we've got all countries sorted according to the relative loss of wetlands. Um, if we start with the black line here, that is the base scenario in 2100 without considering adaptation, we see that some countries lose actually almost all of their wetlands and other countries lose, well, just a couple of percent of their wetlands. Now, um, if you look at the mitigation scenarios, for example, the green line, the 450 case, now you see how the countries actually change if we mitigate. So the same year, 2100, for example, we take this country without um, mitigation up here, with mitigation down here. This is actually Sweden. It goes down from 70 to, I think, 15% or so. So um, what I want to emphasize here so is two things. We've got a great diversity in terms of the degree of effectiveness of countries. And um, we've got also a, very, a great sensitivity of some countries to um, mitigation. And mitigation here meaning 20, 25 centimeters less sea level rise in the year 2100. Again, right and left hand side are identical because we're considering wetlands. Now, if you look at people flooded, this time again the relative number to the population, and let's first look at the impacts over time under the four degree scenario. So what we see here is, um, let's start with the black line. This is the year 2000 and um, it shows the relative number of people flooded in all of the coastal countries. So we see we've got some um, countries that have around a percentage of the population that already today experiences flooding once a year and we've got, well, quite a lot of countries below 0.01%. Now, if we move through the century, um, then the rank order changes, and this is um, what you see by the spikes up here. 2100 is then the green line, so um, the point I want to make, or the point we see, is 
that the way the degree of effectiveness changes also greatly over the century and some, for some countries the situation get, gets much worse, for others um, not so much. Now, if we switch on adaptation, then generally we've got the same picture as the global one, namely that um, over time the degree of effectiveness falls, so the green line is below the black one, and we also see that generally the numbers are about two orders of magnitude below um, the numbers without adaptation. We also see that some countries, however, um, actually get worse during the century. So in 2100 and also in the mid of the century, um, some countries have actually more people experiencing flooding than um, today, even if we assume adaptation. And those are predominantly the small island states and those countries with um, low GDP density in the coastal zone. Now, the total cost, again, over time, under the four-degree scenario, we actually got the similar picture. Well, the general picture is, without adaptation, total costs go up. With adaptation, they go down. And again, we've got some countries that spike through the black line, so whose cost actually increases over time. And those are, again, um, the countries that have um, well, um, low GDP densities and um, a high exposure, like small island states. That would be the, uh, sufficient, yes. Um, this is my last slide um, on those figures. So this time we, uh, we compare the effects of mitigation in 2100. Again, we see the total cost relative to GDP. Um, we see actually that the effects of mitigation are rather small for many countries. Um, if we assume no adaptation, we also see that the effects are rather, well, Consider are substantial for some countries um, if we assume adaptation. And in particular, again, those are the, the small island countries and those with um, low GDP and population densities. Um, there, we can actually gain a lot by mitigation. So we can bring down relative costs by up to factor 10 from 1% of GDP to 0.1%. So let me conclude. Well, um, first, again, from the global perspective, the point I was trying to make is that adaptation is, well, at first sight at least, more effective in reducing social and economic impacts than mitigation, mitigation and increasingly so during the century. And this only holds for the 21st century. So I'm taking a rather narrow focus here. Um, then also we see that Adaptation, it is effective, and it is really effective independent from the level of mitigation I'm thinking about. Even if I would have no sea level rise at all, it makes sense to raise the dikes in order to adapt to increasing GDP and population numbers. Um, I would also actually be very cautious about the value of impact assessments that do not include adaptation. Because as we've seen, it is, well, the numbers are greatly different. And assuming that people don't adapt, well, assuming that people who live in the coastal zone and experience 
more and more flooding, um, that they will still continue to accumulate assets and to dwell on the coastal zone is rather unrealistic. Now, when we assume adaptation, we have seen that, well, the economy, the global economy grows faster than the monetary damages, so the economic damages fall during the century. Um, the social damages also fall from a global perspective. The ecological damages, however, increase and they can only be brought down by mitigation. So this was the loss of wetlands. From a national perspective, things look differently because the degree by which countries are affected varies greatly. And in particular, for some less wealthier countries and small island states, the economy grows slower than the total costs, even if we assume adaptation. And we need to invest substantially in adaptation. And that can eat up, up to several percent of national GDP. Mitigation can, however, bring down those figures, again, for the poor countries by a factor up to 10. So in conclusion, um, I think we should not look at climate policy in terms of a trade-off between mitigation and adaptation. Rather, one should see adaptation as an economic rationality to be applied independent from the level of mitigation. And mitigation is necessary then to keep down the risks at a manageable level, in particular for less wealthier countries. Thank you very much.